Welcome to Roll Factory from Particulate Media, building better tabletop role players one die at a time. I'm your host, producer, and mid-level dungeon manager, K.O. Myers. This time on Roll Factory, we're learning about the proficiency bonus. It's the number that separates innate talent from trained skill. Proficiency bonus is a mechanic that 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons uses to streamline the process of acquiring and using skills. Instead of assigning points to individual skills, your character has a single proficiency bonus. If your character is trained, or proficient, in a skill, you get to add that bonus to your d20 roll. If you're not proficient in a skill, you can still roll to use it, but you'll be doing it without adding your proficiency bonus. The proficiency bonus also comes into play when you're making other rolls. Saving throws can benefit from proficiency. So can a roll to use a tool, play an instrument, or attack with a weapon your character has practiced with. We'll look at those rolls more closely in future episodes. During character creation, your choice of race, class, and background will give you some automatic proficiencies, and you'll have the opportunity to choose others. At level 1, your proficiency bonus is plus 2, and it goes up as you gain levels. You may also have the opportunity to gain proficiency with new skills or items, either as part of the leveling up process, or if you and your DM decide you've had sufficient training in-game. Finally, there are feats and features that can modify the way your character uses their proficiency bonus. The Rogue's Expertise feature lets them double their bonus on some skill or tool checks, while the Bard's Jack of All Trades gives them half their proficiency bonus on skills they're not trained in using. Again, we'll talk about all that in more detail later on. And here to help us demonstrate what the proficiency bonus looks like and how it modifies roles in-game is a good friend of mine, one of my first players when I started playing 5th edition, and a guy who is currently in my group for Curse of Strahd, Jordan Murphy. Hello. Thank you so much for being here, Jordan. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. Oh, so was I. We are actually going to use a scene from our campaign in Barovia, uh, running Curse of Strahd. And we, to do that, we're going to use a character that you created for that campaign. Could you tell us a little bit about Daler? Yeah, we'll be using Daler. Um, Daler is one of the famous light clerics in the Curse of Strahd. Probably not the first time anyone's used that class. Um, they're a cleric that has kind of gotten into trouble with the law in the past. And rather than, you know, getting their act together, it just kind of radicalized them a little bit more um, into cleric stuff. You noted that Daler uses they, them pronouns, and this is this is the first time you've played a non-binary character, is that right? It is. Um, honestly, this is mostly just for practice. You know, I had a hard time deciding whether this character needed to be male, female, or anything else, um, and figured it was just a, a good way to practice using they, them pronouns in a a situation where no one was going to be personally offended or uh, or anything else. I mean, I, I know it's still my character's voice. I'm not all that good at doing character voices, but um, yeah, it was it was just a way for myself and people at the table to get used to the to using they them pronouns. And honestly, it's helped for me too. And having having the space to do it in a place where I wouldn't be yeah, where I wouldn't be alienating somebody if I got it wrong um, has been helpful to me. So I. Thank you. Yeah, for fantasy political correctness. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um, so, Daler and their companions have been in Barovia now. I think in game time, probably only like a couple weeks. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, with real time playing, you know, once or twice a month, it feels like a lot longer than that. So, for new players, Barovia is a classic setting that was uh, expanded from a from a, a module for one of the earlier editions of the game called Ravenloft. It is a what's called a domain of dread. It's a land of perpetual mist and gloom that is ruled over by the vampire lord Strahd von Zarevich. And the sun never really shines during the day, 
and it is a place uh, where people oscillate between mortal terror and deep cynical nihilism, um, which is fitting, I think, for a sort of self-contained pocket dimension that's ruled by a vampire. One of the few sources of joy, maybe joy is the wrong word in this context, but one of the few sources of comfort that any of the Barovians um, have is wine from the Wizard of Wines. And until very recently, the winery was in possession of three magical gems that enriched the soil to the point that they could grow grapes in this gloomy, poorly lit environment. And recently, the last of those three gems was stolen. And so now the grapes are beginning to rot on the vine and the vines are beginning to wither. And so this, as we said, this one source of comfort that the Barovians have to get them through the misty days and the dark nights is suddenly no more. You and your companions have talked a little bit about a way to potentially replace this source of comfort. We have. Um, sometimes discussing it for, you know, what we would want to do for citizens of Barovia and, you know, bringing them a little bit more of that comfort or joy. Um, but right now in our campaign, um, one of the things we've decided would be beneficial to us is uh, getting on some of the werewolves' good sides um, and trying to bring them along as allies. So we don't expect the werewolves to to be our best friends right away and figured that if we could make a little bit of an offering of uh, some beer, that that might be a good way to find something in common so that way we could you know, get to that point in discussing that we might have a common enemy. Gotcha. Okay, so you're sort of trying to develop an alternative social lubricant in the form of beer in an environment that is only, where people have traditionally only drunk wine. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, and now Daler is proficient with brewer's supplies, right? Mm-hmm. And what is your proficiency bonus? Uh, as a fifth level character, I'm at plus three. Okay, so I think what we'll do then is have Daler roll an intelligence check to see if Daler can conceive of a way to collect or create the things that they would need to brew beer in this environment. So let's have you roll an intelligence check that's a d20 and then add the plus three for your proficiency bonus. Okay, sounds good. And I'm a very average intelligence, so we're just kind of hoping for the best here. That is an 11. So you rolled an 11, your proficiency bonus is plus three, and so that is a total of 14. I think with a 14, you would realize a couple of things. You would realize first that the main ingredients being barley and wheat are probably going to be not as plentiful as they would be in a more in a more verdant or a rich environment, but they will be. They are staple crops, and so we're probably being grown here. Um, water shouldn't be a problem because the rivers do run pretty clear and cold. Uh, you'll need to find a heat source, but building a fire and maintaining it is probably also within your within the capacity of your group. Definitely. I think you would realize the key thing you don't have to flavor the beer would be anything like hops. So as a player, I know that the brewer's kit comes with, um, let's see, a quantity of hops. This is something that is not actually elaborated in the player's handbook, but in the, the Xanathar's Guide to Everything source book, they do give you, give, us a, give you a little more specific breakdown of what's in the kit. And so you would just know that there were some hops in your kit, so you could brew this first batch of hop of hoppy beer for the werewolves as your sort of opening invitation, but I think you would know that once you've used them up, that's it. But with a fourteen, I think, and and your experience with brewing, I think Daler would know that in the absence of hops, there are certain types of spices and uh, other ingredients that can be added to make the beer a little more flavorful 
and not just sort of a barley stew. Um, now, whether or not you can find those or grow those here, I think we'll need um, more specific checks later on. But for now, I think Daler has at least come up with a solid plan and a, the beginnings of a formulation to brew a beer in Barovia. Okay. And hopefully with that role, I might know to like not to promise there's more where that came from or I'm your beer guy. Just, just come find me. When we get to that point, you can certainly make a deception check if you want to. <laughs> uh, Jordan, thank you very much for being here to demonstrate this with us. And um, yeah, it was great to talk to you. Thanks, Cam. Thank you for joining this session of Roll Factory. For our past adventures or to join the campaign, search and subscribe to Roll Factory wherever you get podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us grow our audience. Tell a friend, leave us a review, or tag the show in a post. We're on social at RPG Roll Factory, and our website is rpgrollfactory.com. Send your questions, concerns, corrections, disputations, guest suggestions, and training regimens by email to rollfactory at particulatemedia.com. The music in this episode is by Arcane Anthems. Roll Factory is written, produced, and edited by me. For Roll Factory and Particulate Media, I'm K.O. Myers. <laughs> <laughs>